0: Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is sponsored by Braintree and Movement Watches. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined tonight by Christina Warren, senior writer at Gizmodo, and Glenn Fleischman, senior contributor at Macworld. What's crack a lacking? <laughs> hey! Hey! hey. <sighs> I was gonna make a joke about y'all both being seniors and me being a baby. Uh, The the joke being that you're both old people, but you Uh, uh, you went up to me there with a a classic (laughs) brieism. Also,
1: I'm not old. Uh, I don't
2: know.
0: You're a senior. I can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. I'm not old.
1: You know how I feel about this, Simone. I know. I know.
2: (laughs) Christina is a baby, and you're a fetus. How about that? (laughs) There we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what do sisters do
0: but torment each other? You should uh, know this since you have one. Actually, of, in we, real have, life. we have
2: this thing at The Incomparable, which is Team Old. We used to be Team Old Man because mm-hmm. we had a, a game show episode in which they'd put all the old folks like me on one side and the young folks. Now we're just Team Old or Team Old if you prefer Team Old. <laughs> <laughs> Either way.
0: Do you enjoy being on Team Old?
2: I do. I do. There's a lot of you know, great advantages. We get to talk about typesetting and slide rules as we were today. Oh, so. no. Exactly.
0: Well, you made an old person (laughs) reference right before uh, we started recording. You mentioned – because it's episode 99 and you mentioned Agent 99 and I was like, what? And Christina, of course, knew Agent 99. Not because she's old.
1: Not because she's old, but because she has an encyclopedic knowledge of everything.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) And and because like Get Smart, this is where I do – I I remember watching it on Nick at Night. I love Get Smart. It's a show that that if – they'd actually played classic television when you were growing up Simone you would have enjoyed.
0: Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: true. It's Some of actually us were before watching... my time too. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. it, was, it was like the 60s. I watched the reruns, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was the 60s. It was really good. He had great cars. Gosh, Golly, you guys, hot dog. <laughs> <Shut> up, <Simone. laughs> all right all right let,
0: let's jump right into it so there's a lot of action <laughs> happening with reddit this week uh, as has been written up wonderfully by gizmodo um so brian how do you pronounce his last name actually christina uh meningas brian meningas yes Ooh, i'm sorry brian out there i uh, wrote He's this is a great guy really really great in-depth piece looking at the the reddit reddit corporates relationship with moderators of the subreddit the donald which is kind of the de facto official reddit uh, subreddit of fans of donald trump uh supporters of donald trump and not in the sense of a subreddit where people share news and links and stuff but it's kind of become um a meme hub of horridness that has spilled out of that subreddit and you know affects other subreddits as well so incredible piece going into the the relationship that uh reddit corporate kind of has with this subreddit in an attempt to keep them under control and how that is not really working and then you just wrote not three hours ago uh a follow-up about what reddit is going to do to kind of police the trolls of this community do you want to talk a little bit about that christina
1: Sure. So, I mean, first of all, uh, Brian's, uh, piece, which is, um, in the show notes is an incredible read and, um, it, not that the traffic matters, but it's been one of our most traffic stories in a while. I mean, it already had half a million, um, page views, um, just, and, and it went up on, on a Tuesday. So, um, it's, uh, it, it's a tremendous piece, but, um, yeah, I mean, as, as he wrote, Reddit has had, and we've talked about Reddit on the show before, uh, you know, mostly in, in the context of its former CEO or interim CEO Ellen Powell. Um, but you know, they've had these weird relationships with a lot of their communities, and you know that there was there's the period in time um, when there there were some subreddits that, that were banned. Um, uh, this was, I guess, like a year and a half ago, uh, summer of twenty fifteen, and you know the community's relationship with kind of the the staff at Reddit and and it has. Always been a little bit fraught, Uh, but what's really kind of what what Brian pointed out and what you said is that you know with the Donald, usually the the people who actually work at Reddit are are able to kind of have some sort of working relationship with the moderators um, of the subreddit. So even if stuff kind of goes out of control, they have some sort of relationship. Even if it's um, a subreddit that is distasteful, they're usually able to kind of keep things on track. That hasn't happened here, where this is a tremendously popular subreddit, where um, you know, it really feels like out of fear of banning the community for in, in the optics of, of banning a community because you don't like their their political ideology, they've let them get away with stuff that they shouldn't be getting away with, and so it's become very very toxic. And 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 what happens in um, our uh, the underscore Donald ends up. Uh, infiltrating um, r slash all, which is kind of like the front page of Reddit, and, you know, kind of leaks into other subreddits and ends up kind of making everybody's experience worse. And so one of the – so Steve Huffman, one of the things that happened on Thanksgiving, which kind of brought all this to a head, was there was a subreddit called Pizzagate, which was – Based around a conspiracy theory that is no basis in reality whatsoever about um, how a a pizza parlor in D.C. was actually a a pedophile ring and and people like Hillary Clinton and and other uh, leading Democrats and and like John Podesta were involved. The whole thing – again, there's absolutely no basis in reality. And that subreddit was actually shut down. And people in R. The Donald got very upset about that. And so they started – um, basically sending messages to Steve Huffman, who goes by the username Spez, saying F-U Spez and, and saying other things at him. And on Thanksgiving, he got annoyed, and so he decided to troll <laughs> back. And so he edited the comments that the people were saying on that subreddit, on the Donald. He edited the comments so that instead of saying F-U, you know, slash user, you, know, you, you slash Spez, it would say a random the the Donald uh, moderator name, and he did this for about an hour. And people were saying, hey, you know, people started to notice. Hey, what what's happening here? This this wasn't what I meant to happen. You know, is somebody changing something?" And and he ended up admitting. Yeah, I just got tired of being called a a pedophile um, on end, so I decided to have some fun. So he basically admitted to altering the code and altering people's comments. It's a tremendously um, stupid thing for a CEO of a company that's taking the amount of funding that Reddit has and has the amount of users that Reddit has to do. It's a tremendously stupid thing, especially to do it on Thanksgiving when your staff members and even your moderators, your volunteers, are all trying to enjoy their time off um, and, and you wreak havoc like this. And... The moderators, you know, who are volunteers, um, they have kind of a private slack, and, and some of those logs were leaked, and they were very, very upset. And that kind of culminated – Brian's piece had already been in the works, but um, the events that happened last last Thursday really kind of set off a broader-ranging discussion about about kind of, you know, all this fright stuff happening in the communities. Sorry, that was a long preamble. Getting back to <laughs> to what's actually happening now, is It was today- a necessary preamble, though, because that's <laughs> just kind of –
0: it sets the tone of this story, which is that things are just so unbelievable. Like I going to, to throw in my own two cents on the Steve Huffman yeah. thing. Like, oh my god, I can't imagine being the CEO of a company having you know that much power and that much responsibility, and deciding to do something as dishonest as I mean, as as much yeah. as I am clearly not like a fan of the people on this subreddit. You can't edit. You can't people's edit people's comments. comments.
1: No, you can't, you no. Can't, I mean, it's a huge violation of trust, and and, yeah. it, and it goes against the whole ethos of the site, and and it caused it. Frankly, raises to question everything that's ever happened on the site because if he's basically admitting, and and he went on, you know, to say later on, you know, only people who have access to the engineering things could ever do this. You know, there are very few people. You know, probably him and maybe maybe a couple other people who knows could ever do this. You know, I will never abuse this power again. But can you believe him? You know, I mean, like you have you have to take his word for it. But like. If he did it once, you know, has he ever done anything any other times? And 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 it opens up a lot of questions that, frankly, Reddit has enough problems; doesn't need to be answering. So, (laughs) so today, um, he wrote a very long post to um, uh, uh, Reddit and basically talked about um, what he basically was, was. It was two things. It was. It was an apology, kind of a huge mea culpa for what happened last week, and it also addressed the growing toxicity that's happened on Reddit in general. Because since the election, especially, you know, the are the, the Donald was already out of control; it's become even more so, and and it's really started to, you know, um, kind of infiltrate, as I said, other parts of Reddit, even people that aren't are involved. And so, what he basically said he would do first, he you know apologized. Um and, and the the statement was so long. I don't I, I'd love to give Glenn's thoughts on this after I finish kind of saying what happened. It, it definitely looked like a lawyer had parsed it. Uh yeah. definitely in, in a lot of ways read like a I'm doing my, everything I can to save my job sort of uh, sort of post. Um but but he went in and he talked about you know in addition to apologizing for for breaking the community's trust he also said okay we're going to address this situation um a lot of the moderators and and you know had kind of called for especially moderators of some of the uh, so called like default um, subreddit. So if you're not logged in, these are these are subreddits you'll see on the All page. Um, had really been asking for a long time, can you ban the Donald? They break so many rules. It's not mm-hmm. even so much their ideology. They break rules. They dox people. They harass people. They do vote brigading. They do things that wouldn't be tolerated in any other community. Can you ban them? And, and he said no. And he still is not going to ban the Donald. But what he did say, um, and, and I'll, I'll read just the excerpt. Um, he said... Um, Says, you know, historically we've relied on our relationship with moderators to curb bad behaviors. While some of the moderators have been helpful, this has not been wholly effective, and we are now taking a more proactive approach to policing behavior that is detrimental to Reddit. We've identified hundreds of the most toxic users and are taking action against them, ranging from warnings to timeouts to permanent bans. Uh, posts stickied to R the Donald will no longer appear in R all. Our All is not our front page. Okay, side note, it actually is. But anyway, (laughs) um, it says, you know, it was not meant to, it it said, the sticky feature was designed for moderators to make announcements or highlight specific posts. It was not meant to circumvent organic voting, which Ard the Donald does to slingshot posts into Our All, often in a manner that is antagonistic to the rest of the community. Uh, We will continue um, taking on the most troublesome users and going forward, if we don't see the situation improve, we will continue to take privileges from communities whose users continually cross, um, cross the line up to an hour right ban so what he basically is going to do is they're going to um, you know take the most toxic users they have names of them and, and those people might start getting banned or warnings or timeouts or whatever the case may be actions actually going to be taken but the biggest news is that uh, in addition to the the sticky post not being able to show up on R all um, there he's also um, allowing a feature that everyone can use where you can actually filter what shows up on our all. So you can actually say, I never want to see a post from this subreddit. It could be our the Donald, but it could be something else that you don't like. Um, I will never see this on our all. I will never see posts from that subreddit there. Um, but the sticky posting is actually interesting because that was one of the things that that subreddit was doing to game the system which goes against the rules one of the fundamental rules of reddit um, is is you can't do what's called vote brigading, meaning kind of everybody working together in in you know concert to get a certain post upvoted mm-hmm. so that everyone sees it that's against the rules it's supposed to be organic you're not supposed to be having background deals so now, what the they would do
0: is like signal to the members of the subreddit go, everyone go vote for this post so that it would show up yes on they RR. would RR.
1: Exa- exactly because they would sticky it to the top of the thread and so that would kind of let everybody know upvote whatever stickied Mm. And that will immediately get all the attention because it's it's harder to corral support when you have such a big subreddit like that. You know, you have so many posts, it's hard to corral support around individual things. So instead they'd sticky post, mods would sticky posts and and they would kind of discuss in 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 their side channel on Discord and say, Oh, wouldn't it be a shame if everyone saw this post? Wouldn't it be terrible if our all saw this? Wouldn't it be you know the the worst thing? Mm-hmm. Which would kind of signal, Oh, hey, this should be stickied. everybody should vote for this so they're not going to be able to do that anymore so that's going to really limit at least a little bit how often r the donald can make it onto r all and and they'd already made some algorithmic tweaks in the past to limit that but because that subreddit is so big and because frankly that a lot of those users have time and they're they're good at this stuff they've really been able to to you know game the system and so that gaming's going away they're going to be you know looking at banning users um and so It's a step in the right direction, but it doesn't really—I don't think—and I love you guys. I thought I'm going to stop talking. You know, I I don't (laughs) think it addresses the fundamental problems that are happening right now within Reddit.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's—it goes back to me to that this conversation we've kind of been having for three weeks now about truthfulness in stories online and it's pretty clear that a lot of the stuff that is thrown around in Are the donald is conspiracy theories and just trying to stir stir the pot and um slander people like hillary clinton etc cetera, etc cetera. and these people don't care about honest discussion they don't care about truth and one of the things i thought was interesting in um Brian's interviews with other moderators from other subreddits was there saying it would be great if there were a legitimate Donald Trump subreddit where people could actually have conversations and there could be communication like between our politics and our whatever a legitimate Donald Trump subreddit would be like there should be a place for those discussions. The moderators felt Uh, these are people, you know, who run Reddit's biggest communities and have, you know, are ingrained in that community. But this community is not interested in having any kind of legitimate discourse with anyone else. It just wants to trample other people and I harass people and be a big they jerk. Want an ish post. Yeah, 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 yeah they, they, yes. They,
1: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they want to impose, They want to. Cr- they want to create memes. You know, they they want to cause trouble. And and which so- like these are
0: these are the least valuable members of your community. These are the people who, if you ban the subreddit, are going to go over to vote. They're only on Reddit because they want attention. They're
2: right. they're,
0: they're not the people who are interested in the platform and the message of the platform. Which like as you said is kind of muddled at this point anyway because of this ridiculous, ridiculous drama with Steve Huffman and tampering with posts and things like that that kind of throws Reddit into even more shade than it already has been after the troubles of its last few years. But like these are not people who care about actual free conversation, which is supposed to be what Reddit is about. They're on Reddit because it is the front page of the internet and they'll yeah, go so- if they can't be there anymore.
2: I'm starting to see this as this is part of the this big trend like post-election uh, and maybe you know, kind of gathering steam the last couple of years is the notion that this quasi-libertarian view that organizations like, you know, commercial operations like Reddit or Twitter or Facebook or whomever uh, seem to have this internal, uh, you know, I don't – it's like I say quasi-libertarianism because I don't think it actually fits that. But this notion that free speech should apply to their sites, that there's some – uh, requirement that they accept all speech for, you know, noble reasons, regardless of who's mm-hmm. harmed by it, by by not categorizing speech as, you know, difficult or offensive versus actually abusive and harassing um, and having some rules that were very loosely enforced. And you're seeing every site do this. I mean, post-election, you know, we have Reddit now saying, you know, having the CEO or having a co-founder having engaged in this now saying they're going to, ban or uh, you know timeout or warn hundreds of people. Twitter banned uh, something like a hundred uh, white nationalists and related folks who had had reports against them sometimes for years and finally something switched inside the company they hit some threshold again after the election. Facebook's whole policy about well all news is the same thing changing in the matter of a week from from Zuckerberg sort of saying, well, we have no self-reflection about our role in the election to, well, uh, maybe we should be <laughs> evaluating. <laughs> it's like all of these Whoops things about day-Z. the idea that, yeah, that like uh, it used to be sunlight is the best, uh, you know, antidote, right? Or it's the best uh, curative for um, things that are going on in the dark. And uh, inst- instead, it seems like this, this weird, I think – a notion that is not really embedded in America. Like free speech as something that the government cannot take away is a distinct thing from um, speech that has no consequences. And I think there, there's this issue of if I can't go into a public forum and speak and be able to to say what I want within some pretty broad parameters, even if what I'm saying is offensive to people there, as long as it doesn't veer into, uh, you know, hate speech and the things that are clearly not, supported by the constitution. That's an incredible public right, but it doesn't give me the right to follow people around and scream at them. That's not free speech. That's harassment. It's a criminal offense and it's not protected. You know, uh, If I'm sitting on a public sidewalk and someone walks by and they don't like what I hear, that's different than me following them and screaming at them and, and calling them out by race or ethnicity or gender or or what have you. And I feel like Twitter and Reddit and some other sites really adopted that notion of that, like, yelling at someone is the same as speaking in a public space, that you should be able to yell at people, harass, dogpile, and whatever, and equating that with free speech. And now it's like, oops, we elected somebody or we may have helped (laughs) elect somebody who embodies some of the things that we think are uh, inimicable to these principles that we have thought we were espousing, so our bad, let's do something. I mean, because it's Mm -hmm. happening all at once, right? We have Google banning um, uh, people from participating in ad programs if they're doing fake news. You've got Facebook uh, pulling back on the same thing, Uh, Twitter and Reddit with these bans and suspensions. You've got Breitbart uh, just today like losing major advertisers because advertisers are suddenly realizing that maybe being on a property that's associated with speech that's seen as so uh, hateful, that's not really news, maybe that's the connection. So it's fascinating that it's all like... You know, it took a huge catalyst to cause change to suddenly occur. Uh,
0: Yeah, and I totally understand why Reddit is having, I guess, a trickier time of dealing with this because more so than Google, Facebook, and even Twitter, they've always been kind of... They've courted that community, I think, more than those other platforms. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean,
1: Steve Huffman, yeah. the fact that the CEO trolled people and then admits yeah. almost in in, <sighs> in his post as, as kind of his mea culpa, he's like, well, you know, I really thought that I could reach some common ground. He thought that he th- – which is so ridiculous. It, it, it's such a blade line. Oh, I thought that the, 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 they would appreciate me trolling them and that we could reach some common ground and then find a way to talk. Come on, dude. You're just going to make people angry and, and you're just going to make your whole – you're going to – make everybody lose trust in you. And then he admits almost like you don't reach common ground with exactly your users. Precisely. (laughs) Not only that, but but then he goes on to kind of admit, and and he said this before, you know, that he spent his four hundred years as a troll on the internet. And that's fine. You know, a lot of people have done that and have gone on and have grown up. You know, I I would never have called myself a troll, but I certainly have idled in um IRC chat rooms where people who were trolls lived. And, and I've certainly been adjacent to that sort of thing. You you, you know, it, I, I've, I've seen it. You know, I think a lot of people do. You, you grow up, most people grow up, and realize that's not really good behavior. Um, but he's the CEO – but you're right. He's the CEO of the company. He's supposed to be better than that, especially when, you know – the problem that, that Reddit has faced for a long time, I mean, this was when Ellen Powell, I was critical of a lot of her decisions at Reddit, but I do think that the way that she was kind of railroaded was totally wrong. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I think that, you know, a lot of the ways she handled the community wasn't correct, but I think it's just what it was a fundamental misunderstanding of how to approach them. But I don't think that, you know, what what, what Steve did is to, terrible and, and sets mm-hmm. people back a long way. But I mean, I think this, I think you're right, Simone. Like, this, more than any of the other services, has, you know, fostered this sort of community. And what a lot of the moderators, you know, what people have said to Brian, and what had even had kind of appeared in, in, in the leaked chat logs, is that, you know, this community didn't have to get this big. It was one of those things where when they were breaking rules and doxing people, and when it was smaller, they could have banned it. They, they could have gotten, they could have done it then. Mm-hmm. but it becomes an optics problem for, for Reddit to ban the, the the subreddit outright because it is so big and it is so powerful. And now at this point it's become kind of the, you know, kind of fan club for the president-elect. And so even if what they're doing is terrible, optically, it looks really bad to mm-hmm. say this huge website with however many, you know, hundreds of millions of, of, of page views each month is not going to allow, you know, this content to appear. It just looks really it's- bad. And, and, Sorry, it's just so
0: freaking telling that you're in the situation where you have an enormous group of people who support the president-elect, and it's also simultaneously like an enormous group of trolls. Like You can't have a legitimate discussion with these people. They're not trying to be legitimate. Hold on for a moment while I tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy mobile payments. By next year, maybe even next week, there could be a whole new way to pay. Maybe it'll be the next Bitcoin or the next Apple Pay or maybe even both. Fortunately, Braintree's full stack payment platform is easily adaptable to whatever the future holds so that you can easily adapt too. Accept everything from Pounds to PayPal to that next big innovation from any device with just one integration. And when that new payment payment method comes out, all you'll have to do is update a few lines of code. Braintree's code is elegant with clear documentation. It supports Android, iOS, and JavaScript clients. And there are SDKs in many languages. .NET, Node.js, Java, Perl, PHP, Python, Ruby. So no late nights, no complicated recoding, no stress about staying ahead of the curve. Braintree Payments is here to help. Check it out at braintreepayments.com slash rocket. Once again, that's BraintreePayments.com slash Rocket. Thank you so much to Braintree for your support of this show and relay hey,
2: Carry can on. I with something about uh, Gab? Because I think it's worth bringing up at this point, which I have not used Gab, G-A-B. There's a story uh, – New York Times read a piece on uh, November 30th by the uh, redoubtable Amanda Hess, whose work I really love uh, on um, social networks and online culture and so forth. And, you know, there is a place for people who want to express speech that's totally without boundaries. It's called Gab, and it's like a, you know, quasi-Twitter competitor. But a friend of mine, (laughs) I posted a link to the article today. My friend Josh said, oh, yeah, you know, Gab is doing some interesting things just with shitty people, which seems like the perfect summary of the service. <laughs> it's it's It has some interesting ideas, some from Slashdot and some from Reddit, but they've imposed essentially no – and, you know, this is also – I think it's an interesting experiment. If you say we're going to impose – you know, instead of having policies like Twitter and Reddit and not enforcing them well, you have no policies except against, I think, like child pornography and a couple of, like, illegal acts and descriptions and a couple other things – <clears throat> you know what happens in when you throw people into what could be a toxic environment. And strangely enough, it's refugees from Twitter who've been banned or suspended, and they're there talking about, you know, openly expressing anti-semitism and and other stuff. So it's not a place to have it's you know the, the Amanda the headline of Amanda Hess's <laughs> piece is the far right has a new digital safe space. And I was just, I've been dying about that all day.
1: Yes. Because it's a
2: place, it's not like it's a place to go and talk about everything. You can't. You're policed there very heavily if you express opinions that are outside of this narrow range that's accepted on Gab.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That is is such an interesting, yeah, I'm putting that in the show notes so that people can check it out and read it if they want to. But yeah, it's true. And I mean, mean, that's kind of what um, the the donald is the members of the donald are doing as well because if you express a, a moderate opinion on that subreddit you're gonna get hounded out it's not like it's not a, right. a place to have it, a discussion it, it's not it a is free not.
1: speech haven it is not it, it is absolutely just a place to, to to spread their views which you know if that's how you want your community because subreddits kind of their own rules I guess fine. I guess where I take issue is when they start to infiltrate other communities and when they start to game the system. When they start doxing users, moderators from other, you know, from other subreddits because they don't like them. When they start going after people, that's when you know you cross the line. But if you want to set up your own communities with your guidelines where everybody has to drink the Kool Aid, I mean, there's a certain amount of irony there, and I appreciate it. But I mean, go for it.
0: Leave everyone like, else alone, though. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Totally. Well, well, and that was one of the kind of final points before and I'll, I'll stop talking about this. That this was interesting. Is that in discord which is kind of like slack but it's it's kind of like the there's an ir it, it's a channel where it's a chat service and there, there's a channel dedicated to r the donald and in that um you know, chat after uh steve's post uh went up today you know they were all kind of freaking out well what are we going to do how are we going to get an r dash all now how are we going to to deal with this because if we don't have the sticky posts and we can't you know um do vote brigading in discord chat because that'll get us banned and if we have other kind of ways of colluding to get stuff up and that'll get us banned and you know what are we going to do and they were talking about well we need to create another subreddit you know, like an, another Donald Trump subreddit and basically backdoor into it Ugh. and use that as our way to get our stuff up. And and, and that's sort of – I mean, and, and that's the real – I think the challenge that Reddit is going to have, right? It's like they can do these things where they can say they're going to ban users and they can adjust algorithms and whatnot. But it's kind of like a hydra as as long as – and I think as, as long as Reddit is not willing to, to do what they need to do, I think, which is ban the community, Um Yeah. You know, or at least, you know what I mean? Like, it's
0: going to continue. Get rid of those users. Like, they're not, they're doing nothing for you. You're providing them a, you're doing them a service. You're giving them a platform to chat and share their views and upload their posts, but they are giving nothing back to you. Nothing at all.
2: It's funny. Like, every space like this, you know, we can call this a white man problem, very openly. Like, like. Uh, atheism, you know, has a big problem in that it gets dominated by white male cisgender voices that are often sexist or even harassing. There's a lot of incidents. So a, a movement that I'm not part of called Atheism Plus – Was started a few years ago to try to look at intersectional issues and spread uh, discussion of atheism outside of like these very strict, logical, Bayesian, whatever areas. And I feel like every area in which people are trying to have a discussion, in which they can't have a civil discussion, it's dominated by people who insist they're rational and logical and right. (sighs) Um, And you have to find a way to break out of that into another space in which those people are not like suppressed, but they aren't given asymmetrical. Power to overwhelm the speech in in those spaces. It's just yeah. it's so consistent, mm-hmm. real.
0: <laughs> so. I I forget how do I how do yeah wow it's hard to segue when I don't have an ad read to do hold on
2: <laughs> <coughs> You're the best oh, ad reader in actually, the business though I'll Let's open
0: just, this up to discussion so we had Netflix as our second topic but um I was reading up on the direct now thing that AT&T is doing and then I found another piece on the Verge about um called AT&T just declared war on the open internet Did y'all yeah. did y'all read that
1: yeah. I mean and they you, did and they didn't. Yeah. That's I, th- I think that's overstating it a little bit. They're doing zero rating, which they've done for their oh, yeah, um yeah. universe before. It's that's not a good thing, but I, I also it, it's hard to I mean it's it's okay, so to back up, Direct TV Now is I guess we DirecTV. are doing this for topic number 2. <laughs> do you want to cuz cuz if you want to talk about the zero cuz if you're going to talk about the zero rating thing, you have to talk about what DirecTV Now is.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were gonna do that for dessert, but I, I think it's probably a meteor. <laughs> yeah, let's like make Netflix. it. Let's make it. Yeah. Talk
1: number two. Yeah, let's make Netflix dessert. Yeah, sorry, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Netflix is more desserting anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Directv now is Directv or AT and T's new Skinny Bundle service. So it's like Sling TV or uh, PlayStation View, where um, you can subscribe to live TV channels over the internet and. They have a promotional plan for uh, $35 a month. You'll get 100-plus uh, channels of, of live TV, and um, they'll also have some video-on-demand stuff. And uh, I, I did a pretty in-depth kind of comparison from all the details. They, they it, it was announced on Monday. It officially launched today. Uh, but if you go to directtvnow.com, you still don't see a full channel lineup, which is says a lot about how these deals work. But um, you know, the idea is basically you know why I think it's exciting – even if there are some holes in the service and and there are some problematic parts um you know for years cable companies have been ignoring the fact that people have been cutting the cord they've just been like living in denial it's not a real thing it's not a real thing people come back people come back well people aren't coming back you know, people like you, Simone, rely on their uh, their, their cool sister aunts. Christina's their 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 cool aunts, cool big sisters, whatever's uh, uh. cable logins. Uh, you're welcome, Simone. I love you. I love you uh. more. <laughs> Believe me. You know, so, 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 so you know they rely on that to watch things on demand and in and, and with apps and and um you know growing number of people there's a whole growing segment of contingent of users who are called cord nevers who basically you know they might have had cable at home growing up and then they go to college maybe had it and then they graduate and like they never subscribe. They're never going they've never been cable subscribers. And that's never been a segment of the, that hasn't been a segment of the population in a really long time. And so it's notable that DirecTV has this service because, yeah, even though PlayStation has has a similar service and, and Sling has a similar but more limited service, this is the first time we've seen it from a major provider. So you can imagine that if Direct TV is successful with this, if ATT Successful with this, um, that you know, Comcast will have to start really seriously considering doing a pure over-the-top play, or that that the cablevision um, uh, will, will have to do it, or, or or Charter, or any of these other um, you know Verizon, any of these other big cable um, uh, and satellite providers will have to really get on board. So that's exciting. Um, but one of the kind of caveats, as as the Verge article pointed out, um, this is a good thing for consumers of both, but it's also problematic. Is that um, if you are an AT and T um, wireless subscriber, when you use the Directv Now apps, they will not count against your data plans. Meaning, if you wanted to watch live TV like ESPN or Fox or FX or you know like CNN or or, or Fusion, uh, disclosure: uh, Fusion is owned uh, by Univision, as is the Gizmodo Media Group. That's just my. Personal disclosure, uh, you know whatever whatever you're wanting to watch, uh, HBO, whatever, it wouldn't count against your um mobile data limit, and so that's a problem because you know that's it's called zero rating. T-Mobile does it too with their binge on plan, where you know certain services, it's most of the video services now, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube. You know, Spotify, Apple Music. There are a number of other things don't count towards your data limit if you're using them on the T-Mobile ne- network. And people criticize it because it kind of goes against net neutrality because you're basically saying this stuff is is hallowed and 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 better and and we're giving you know um preferential access um to to some services over another um it's more problematic i think in the uh AT&T case because you know AT&T owns direct tv and obviously is the wireless carrier so it's it's a problem because you're basically saying well you know because we are this you know huge you know telecom giant um we um will basically be able to to, to leverage that and and you know, it's you, you kind of be carving
0: as- out a little fiefdom in its like corner of the Venn diagram of exactly the things no, that you need TV and there's no internet
2: li- limit, right? So if I didn't have home broadband and I was an AT&T wireless customer and I subscribed to the direct TV now plan, I could be like airplay streaming to my Apple TV, yeah. all of my programming and, and rack up a hundred gigabytes of Wireless usage a month and not be charged for it, right? I mean, I haven't seen uh, a limit presumably,
1: yet. presumably. I mean, I haven't read all the fine print, but yeah, I would assume I'm that that about. was how that would work. I mean, yeah, or and 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 I don't know if it would work with tethering. So, like, if you use if you Airplayed it, I'm sure that that would be fine. But if you like use the Apple TV app and you were you know connected oh, right, right. to your phone, you know, using you know tethering, I don't know if that would be if that would affect things or not. I haven't looked into all the details, but presumably there are no limits. So yeah, presumably some people could. You know, use that. Most people probably won't, and that's probably what they're betting on. But presumably, they could. Um, Comcast has done this before too, and this is why I think The Verge was kind of overstating stuff just a little bit, mm-hmm. because it's hardly the first time this has happened. So Comcast does this as well, where if you are a Comcast subscriber um, to Xfinity or whatever, if you use the Xfinity apps on your Xbox or on like other devices that it supports. It won't count against your data cap, and Comcast is notorious for enforcing data caps. And so, like they have like a one terabyte or a hundred gigabytes. I don't know what their limit it's is, a, but they I have think
2: it's a switch to it. Is it a terabyte in all markets now? They they just I think, upped I think it, it might a lot, be. But. They just
1: upped it a lot, so it might be a terabyte in all markets. But anyway, but they have a cap, and 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 so they're basically saying that if um, they. Uh, but but if you're using the Xfinity apps, like the on-demand apps or, or whatever, then it doesn't count against your limit, which is zero-rating. So companies have been doing this for a long time. But it's definitely, I think, a bad precedent for for net neutrality because net neutrality – and so people understand why this even is able to exist. Net neutrality rules are real, and it would affect things like, for instance, your some of your cable providers. Like, like what Comcast does with Xfinity stuff, technically that shouldn't be allowed by net neutrality, but I think they have some sort of weird workaround because of – of, of
2: something with, with. It's delivered. It's because they don't, I mean, net neutrality says you can't degrade other services, but it's silent. I mean, it, by implicitly, by principle, you shouldn't be able to favor a service over another. Right. But this technically doesn't because it's delivering the same service. It's, it's delivering really, the same speed. It's yeah. about it will- yeah, It's about caps. So the fact that they can, the the billing side was never technically addressed by net neutrality because the, and it's you right. know It's a workable. Oh, that's it's, fair. Yeah. That's yeah. And in
1: this case, and, and in this case, net neutrality doesn't affect mobile anyway. Like it, it, it's always affected. Like like, right. it's you been know, like, like- on that.
2: The question on the wireline service when you have um if you use FiOS or um, AT and T Universe and some other Services that deliver, uh, you know, essentially IPD TV, or they're doing their cable programming as a provision service. It's coming over the same wire. And of does it, it kind of gets your cap because they provision the data separate from your broadband, even though it's effectively the same thing. It's like a, but they are covered by cable regulations when they do that. They have to be have a franchise in the local region. They're subject, <clears throat> excuse me, they're subject to all the laws that cover um, cable operators, and this. As I understand it, Christine, I think you know a lot more about this than I do. This is outside of the um, of the cable rules because they don't have to get a franchise to do this. They nope. can sell it to anybody, but they have to deliver it over broadband. They can't provision it separately. So zero rating is like a workaround to deliver it as if it were provisioned. Exactly. It's kind of yeah. the same benefit.
1: It basically, and 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 because of that, um, they've had to. Do, this goes into one of the caveats of the service itself, which is local channels. Uh, because of that reason, as you said, they're kind of doing this weird workaround where they're kind of you know doing it. They're having to provision it in a certain way. It's not typical cable service where you would have to be. Giving like you would have to have the option like the the, the local networks including CBS would have oh, right, to right. make the they, they they would be legally required to offer that up. Um, b- because of that, CBS programming and, and Showtime programming is not available on DirecTV now. Um, all the Viacom uh channels and soon they're about to be the same company again are available, but 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 CBS is not available and Showtime is not available. Interesting. Um, and and but but more than that. If you want to get local channels like ABC, CB, um, ABC, NBC, Fox, those are available in certain markets, but only in certain markets. Right, so if right. you're in an own- so if you're in an owned and operated market, what that means is if, if the the broadcast network, like say NBC, owns your local affiliate station, then you can watch live NBC on Directv Now. But if you live in a market like Atlanta or Minneapolis, where NBC is owned by someone else um your local NBC station is owned by someone else and it's simply an affiliate then oh, you can't right. watch then you can't watch the live tv and that's because this works because both
2: ways right is that if you're if you're a cable operator and you obey the franchise rules and you pay the local f- franchise fees when you're in that situation the local tv stations have to give you service they although they to. can exactly. charge you for it they can so charge
1: you, you for it but so you can pass it on to the client but they can't deny right, it right? right in this, but this case, in this so, case oh, i see. But in this case, as you pointed out, because they're kind of going around, even though it's all coming through the same pipe anyway, Man, they, don't, they, they don't <laughs> have to follow those those legal rules, and as a result, they have to make the negotiations with each and every local network, as well as um and an affiliate as, as well as with the broadcaster. So CBS, can, movies, can just say no, and he did just say no. We're not going to be on the service. We want people to pay six dollars a month for CBSL access. Um and and the local affiliates would have to sign on one by one. Um. And could do so, over the air.
2: Could do over the air. I've got a uh, over the air tuner that I yes. feed into a computer. Uh, and there's other over the air options, but that's. I mean, that's the funny part. Is like you could get. You could, know, but, but, then,
1: but, but then it's, then it's not, not the same, same interface. Oh,
2: absolutely right. You have a whole different right. You can't all you be got integrated.
1: A whole and and it's and part of the, the I think the the reason people want to get this is a lot of people, you know, like like Simone. Do you have a TV? I do have a TV. Okay, oh, well,, of course you do because you have a, you have, X, you have PlayStation and Xbox, okay, but but do you but I mean, obviously I do you watch not your use stuff, that TV but, for live television. I was gonna say you use <laughs> it, it, you like use your Apple TV or your Boku or whatever to watch that stuff, but right, you don't use it for live television. And so when you're primarily consuming television content, are you you usually use your laptop, I would imagine?
0: Uh, I actually usually use like Netflix or HBO Go on the PlayStation 4.
2: On the PlayStation Four, okay. Um, oh, wait, and help, but, let me let me ask and help me out with this too. Is this Direct TV deal is part? It's not all, but there's a big hunk of it is live TV as opposed to video on demand, right? Yes. This is yeah, also most, what's most confusing it is because it varies by channel.
1: It varies by channel, yeah. So again, I mean, most of it is is all live, but there are going to be a few exclusive channels that are right. video on demand. So like, there's Good a Taylor gravy. Swift, there's a Taylor Swift Now channel, which is nothing but Taylor Swift. I wanted you uh, to describe
0: be- that to me because is it like music
1: videos? Is she doing I, a I show? I don't know. You don't know. Well, so it's come- launches in a few weeks. My guess would be that it launches on her birthday, December thirteenth. Uh, we will see. I I would imagine. Apparently, it's going to be. This is what I imagine. I imagine it's probably a lot of music videos, some behind-the-scenes stuff. She might be – they're talking about 13 episodes of something. Who knows what it is? It's probably some, like, behind-the-scenes, like, how I made this, and let me tell you about, you know, looking back on my career, and, like, who knows? Probably I'm, silly, emotional you, stuff. Did you see the I'm AV Club's it. headline on this? No.
0: Failing media to be replaced by 24-hour yes, yes, Taylor see this.
1: Swift channel. <laughs> yes. Oh, I right. love that so much. Oh, uh, uh, that's they, good. The, they, I'm so glad that they are a sister site. Um, no, that's that's awesome. But no, that's exactly it. Reese Witherspoon also has a video on demand channel uh, called Hello Sunshine. Although
2: her thing she looks was, like it's trying to be an Oxygen Network kind of thing, right? It Sounds
1: like yeah. Oxygen. Yeah, it really does. It's Hello Sunshine, and it's like movies and and, and women oriented programming. And I mean, look, good, good, good for her. Um, I. I love Reese Witherspoon. I'm more excited about Taylor Swift. Can I just say, though, you guys, as huge of a Taylor Swift fan as I am, there's no way that I would
2: switch cable providers
1: <laughs> for Taylor Swift. It would have to be like a really what, good show. Wait,
2: well, oh. What if they throw in a title subscription with the DirecTV? <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. Sorry. That's yeah, the next sorry. level of, of programming oh shoot, guys, right there. I, gotta, I have to cancel sure. my
1: title subscription. I, I, yeah, you I, I signed up for like six months when Beyonce happened i've got to cancel that um anyway. sorry i'm just I'm, I'm baffled thinking about this now the,
0: the the very idea of live tv why would i pay for something that goes 24 hours a day when i only watch tv for the few hours that i'm free after work what, no, what am i doing with the rest it. of those hours <laughs>
2: Don't think about it too much or the entire cable market explodes. It's ah. our imports. <laughs> Kaboom.
0: No, well, that's the thing. So,
2: so this direct TV deal is like, it's for, I mean, I know there's tens of millions of people who watch live television, but I yeah. don't seem to know any of them except for sports.
1: Well, it's still you can still watch video on demand. So you can still log in and see the stuff like like how you watch TV through my account. Mm-hmm, yeah, like you could still log into like you know the the, the Fox app or, or the ABC app or whatever well, like and watch stuff and on demand. Like that, but, yeah. like the,
2: but like the networks and some other things, they won't have. You won't be able to. You have to catch it live. I read in one place uh, it said some of the channels you'll be able to pause for maybe ten to fifteen seconds yeah. maximum. Oh, this, so yeah. a number of years no ago, DVR. I was involved in a lawsuit. I was part of an EFF test case against Replay TV. It was was in favor of it. It was Craig Newmark and a few other people. Newmark v. uh, this whole list of cable companies, TNN and all these other people. And part of the suit was one of the cable executives, while this is going on, says to Variety or somebody, somebody, they say, well, it's acceptable to take bathroom breaks while watching television. And the guy said something like, well, limited bathroom breaks are acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) it was like i feel we're going back to that like well you can you can pause your tv yeah it was like you can pause it for 10 seconds seconds.
0: yeah
2: oh my god
0: okay so i found a i found a guardian article that's describing the the launch day lineup for the taylor swift channel and i i think it i think it is a parody
1: i'm sure that it is It is a very much parody
0: but it was very hard to figure that out and in fact it seems to be not i'm looking for a parody a satire marker and it's not um 6 a.m. Squad goals. Uh, Gigi and Bella Hadid host this morning show dedicated to inspiring young women to pout more in their Instagram photos. The program will last for three hours.
1: <laughs> Bella's not part of the squad, but, but, the, yeah. but, but, but not, notwithstanding, yes, You've very added good. Yourself That's great. As, Go on. As
0: fakers. Guardian.com <laughs> No, I'll put Gigi, this in the show. But, but Gigi
1: notes. is is full squad. I mean Gigi's like all about the squad, so go on. All right. So after after, after that, what's next?
0: Uh let's uh gosh. nine a.m. sweater weather, sponsored by Target. This program dispenses with actual weather forecasts and emphasizes the important daily choice of which chunky sweater is most appropriate for the day ahead. This will be presented by someone who looks a lot like Taylor Swift, but is not Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> it's Martha Hunt. Okay, yeah.
0: No, oh. the, it, it goes on. It goes on. Uh, Swift, my ride is one of the. Uh, and of course, Midnight <gasps> nice. Illuminati Power Hour, thirty-three Baldruids mm. sign, Gregorian chants. I, I'm really starting right. to feel like this is a satire post.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it is, but also, but but I mean, but the the, the Illuminati one, I'm sure that there'd be like no no belly buttons allowed.
0: Yeah, that'd be really wrong. Beyonce interviews a French mermaid, and the real Tupac Ooh. is there. Mm. Good. It looks like a great launch day lineup. Y'all should definitely check that out. Subscribe now. To, to subscribe to TV now. Yeah, DirecTV. yeah.
1: Um, and and I wrote up a whole kind of comparison on, on Gizmodo about whether or not it's yeah, a if good you deal. Want
0: actual news. If you and want actual information? No, you can read Christina's write up.
1: I'm actually very jealous that the Guardian uh <laughs> uh wrote that and not me because that's brilliant idea for
2: you it's true
0: no because you're gonna (laughs) be the one who's
1: actually gonna be there on day
0: one and you're gonna write your like this is my experience my my 24 hours with taylor i'm sorry (laughs) i'm pitching this to you you gotta write it oh my god that's incredibly good christina's day of wish fulfillment this episode of rocket is brought to you by movement watches movement was founded on the belief that style should not break the bank And indeed, it does not, because if you go to movementwatches.com, that's M-V-M-T watches.com, you will see such watches of such affordable prices and such beautiful designs. The tears shall stream (laughs) from your eyes, and they will freeze upon your face in the form of opalescent diamonds, and they'll look very much like the faces of the movement watch that I have, which I love. I wore it today, and I looked really Really darn good. Just putting that out there. The goal of movement watches is to change the way that consumers think about fashion by offering beautiful minimalist watches at affordable prices. And they really are affordable. Like, this isn't, uh, I got mine. They kindly, kindly sent me a watch so I could test it out and talk about it on the show. But it's also not a price that I would flinch at uh, where I watch shopping. I'm a big fan of beautiful watches. I. Definitely treat them more like style pieces than like actual functional watches. But my movement watch does function. It indeed tells the time. Um I chose there the I had a choice of like two faces. There was a one with smaller um lines, you know, the, the time lines. The lines were the time that show the time, and then one with bigger lines. I chose the one with bigger lines because I'm terrible at reading analog watches, but I love the look of watch faces, and I love the way that my watch face looks, so it has like the gold gold markers for the time, and then it's kind of an opalescent white background. Uh, it's really pretty, and I love it, and it goes with pretty much everything and makes me feel really classy. Uh, they've they ha- bleh, they've yeah sold over 500,000 wa- watches to customers in over 160 countries in the world! You could be one of those people! You could be the 500,000th f- and, th- and somethingth customer of movement watches, get your own fashionable, wonderful watch, and get it for Christmas, because, like, it's time It's time to be thinking about that. I'm thinking about that. Oh, my God. I should buy one for my mom. <gasps> oh, my God. Mom, don't listen to my show. Stop. Stop listening right now, Mom. <laughs>
1: oh. Movement <laughs>
0: Watches was started by two broke college college kids that wanted stylish watches without breaking the bank. That was me uh, three years ago, except I didn't start a company. I just cried about not having watches. Uh, the watches start at just $95, uh, which is way, way cheaper than the hundreds and hundreds of dollars that you'd be looking at for some other watches we could name. But we won't, because that's not what this show is about. We're about talking up, not talking down. And Movement sells direct online, so you cut out the middleman of the the, the retailer, the retailer middleman that haunts my nightmares. Who is he? Why does he mark up prices so much? I don't like him. Uh, the, all the watches, they have like classic designs, quality construction, and they are very minimalist. Um. I am definitely a fan of them. I'm going to pull up the website right now so I can cry about them. The one I got is the Abbott Kinney watch. So it has, like, a white band and then um, a gold gold watch with that pearlescent sort of face to it. And there are a lot of great color combinations. I'm definitely a fan of, like, they have some rose gold watches, which I really love, and the ones that are Hmm. black with rose gold. And those are really pretty. Like, I would not have thought that I liked that color combination. But apparently I do. I guess I'm just a big old watch lover. I was going to say something else that was less appropriate, but I didn't say it. Um, because this is a very, this is a dignified show about serious things. So, yeah, I chose the Abbott Kinney watch. Um, it is beautiful. I love it with everything because it's, the, because it's white and gold, it kind of goes with pretty much everything that I have. I love wearing it with black stuff because then it I feel like it stands out more and I feel like a fancy lady, a fancy business lady. I actually just posted a picture on my Instagram of the watch today, which I took, like, two months ago when I got the watch um, but I posted it today i saving it for y'all Um so yeah I really really like it I actually still have the box that the watch came in because it felt really fancy it's one of those boxes where like it's black and soft and the inside part slides out really nicely and I was like I-, I must keep it because it is a nice box I know I'm never I'm just gonna like take it out and like stroke it and be like I should throw this away but I'll keep it because it's a nice box I might do something with it someday you guys you don't know you don't know that <laughs> You might. I might. So if you want to check out some movement watches, you should go to movementwatches.com slash rocket. That is M-V-M-T watches dot com slash rocket. Because you're a listener of the show, you'll get 15% off with free shipping and free returns. So go step up your watch game, get some sexy watches for you and all of your friends at movementwatches.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, Movement, for sponsoring Rocket and Relay FM.
2: God, they're beautiful. Simone, did you know that the designs on the side of socks are called clocks?
0: I didn't so you know put, that. What?
2: You could put socks with clocks in your box. It's true. What? They're called clocks. Clocks, that's the name. You ever wonder what that name was? It's clocks. I don't know why, but that's what they're called.
0: That's nonsense. I love it.
2: So you could put clocks on socks in your box, <sighs> in your watch box.
0: Glenn, Clock, you're box, a gem. Socks.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm underappreciated for my lack of wit.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> <You> really are. <laughs> Senior contributor of wit. Oh. Netflix. It's time for Netflix. dessert. So Netflix, Netflix now allows you to download shows and movies for offline viewing. Hurrah! <laughs> finally.
1: At last. Finally.
0: It's been 84 years
1: yeah seriously. I know
2: some this people something- like, would stream it and like record it off their screens so they oh, could yeah. then download it to take it with them. I mean, it's that bad
1: there there were a couple of services that were totally illegal that would like pitch me and like, please write about us. We let you record from Netflix and Hulu and save <laughs> to the cloud. I'm like you're violating so many laws and I'm not I'm not gonna it's great that you do this, but yeah, no there were like 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 rogue services that people would do so you could record stuff offline. yeah, um, this is huge, yeah. Do it, do I mean, we'll especially. This?
2: Oh, sorry, going Air, airplane Wi-Fi. Oh, so airplane Wi-Fi is something I've written about for many years. I'm kind of it's like my one of my pet areas, and even this far into the future, we're in the future now. Um, it's still very limited. And at one point, I thought more airlines were going to add, uh, you know, high capacity drives and let you stream within the plane because it makes a lot more sense. And some do. I forget which ones, um, but it never became as widespread because it doesn't make any sense to you know let people stream. From the ground in the air with your you know, minimal bandwidth. Although some provider or some uh, airlines allow that, that have uh, satellite connections through um, ViaSat and uh, some other providers. Um, but so I mean, airplanes is the biggest case, right? And airport Wi-Fi is often pretty sketchy. So you're, yep, you know, all the places you're traveling or commuter Wi-Fi, you're going through trains or if you can get access, your your it's just such a perfect thing. I know Amazon's had it now for years with not everything, and this is this seems like. I'm curious if it was all about contracts with Netflix as opposed to technology. I can't believe it was a yeah, technology Yeah, that's actually product. a
1: really good I, question. I, I have to think that it was contracts because it doesn't work for everything in their library. It doesn't even work for all of their original content. So for instance, oh, wow. uh, Disney. Gilmore Girls, a year, Gil- yeah, Disney's uh, stuff and, and like the Marvel stuff, like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, is not available to download. Gilmore Girls, um, a, a Year in the Life, not available to download. Wow. But, but and, and, and i've also found stuff from abc which again is disney none of that stuff is available um nbc stuff uh stuff pr- produced in-house by universal is available so the office parks and recreation thirty rock the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt all available um other netflix originals uh you know like orange is the new black uh bojack horseman um the uh, uh house of cards um i really that's vo- that's available i
0: wonder why because it's not like they don't have um I just totally forgot what it's called when a thing like, is encoded so you can't like do stuff oh, with it. D- DRM. DRM. It's not like it won't have DRM, like same with yeah. movies that you get I, from it, Apple. So
1: No, totally. I mean, I I I have to imagine it's just it's just a negotiation ploy. You know, they don't like the idea of if there's a digital copy someplace, who knows? I mean, some some companies are really sketchy about that. But like, if I they could be ripped from Netflix instance, anyway, then I I
0: you're I know not I'm wrong, preaching to the but,
1: choir. But you're preaching to the choir. I mean, All those Amazon. Disney execs was not- that are
0: listening to Rocket are like,
1: oh my gosh, she has a point. No, you're so right, though. But no, but Amazon, for many years, they had like an Amazon video app for iOS. Yeah. And they didn't have it for Android for the longest time. You know why? Because they wanted it to be able to work on phones with SD cards. And they wanted it to be able to work on phones that could be rooted. And the studios would like not allow it. Netflix, even for a long time, it, there was like a period of time when it came out on Android where if you had an SD card like in your phone, like there was weird things where it wouldn't work correctly. <laughs> so you you
2: oh my goodness. Do, not,
1: uh, do not underestimate how ridiculous uh, media companies, media uh, – movie studios get about DRM. So – and so people keep asking too. They're like, oh, does this work on the desktop? It does not. It is only iOS and Android. Um, and so people are like, well, they have a Windows 10 app. Why can't they make it work that way? A, because they don't care about Windows 10. Um, B, because I think that that really is just a wrapper for a web browser. And if you think about it, like they'd have to create an entire system of like a, a native playback like player for the desktop where you could download these files and play them back. You could probably technically do it with HTML5. But again, I just don't think that they want to have anybody even be able to access those files you know um and 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 decrypt them i don't know it's great though um even even with the caveats it's great um i'm i'm going to philadelphia tomorrow and i'm going to be downloading episodes of gossip girl for uh the the amtrak i'm very excited
2: it did. Um, can I ask you, you Christine? I know that you sub- you devote a significant percentage of household income to yes. uh, streaming subscriptions <laughs> and cable. Um, yes. You, have you heard of? Um, I just spotted this today, and it seems relevant. Real good. R e e l g o o d.
1: I've heard of it, but I'm not super familiar with it. But I have
2: heard of it. Well, it's like – I mean, I know there are other services that do this, but it's that problem of trying to figure out where you can get something. And we gave up um, Netflix uh, not long ago because we found we weren't watching much on Netflix. So we decided at least for a while we just won't pay for it. And we're doing Hulu and HBO now. I'm I'm following Westworld. And uh, I never watched Adventure Time. So I'm watching all of Adventure Time on Hulu. it's is wonderful. Yay. I'm almost done. Um, but Real Good lets you uh, st- uh, tell it what services you subscribe to and then it tells you what's available. Oh, I'm checking
1: it out. This is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's kind amazing. of like, can I, it's, it's like, can I stream it, but it's even better. Yeah. Oh, this is great.
2: Yeah. It's got some very really interesting people good. behind it, including of all people, uh, Charles Ferguson is one of the investors, is like an individual who is both a filmmaker, but he was one of the guys behind, uh, it was some early thing that Microsoft bought for web uh, site. Or TV? Crea- no, web, before web TV, it was like some web design tool, it was like a way you can make websites easily. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, what was that called? But it's so I mean, that's the deep cut. Like I was just scrolling down, I'm like, who's involved in this thing? You're always curious who built it, whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, Charles Ferguson, <laughs> who's ma- he's an Oscar winning filmmaker and a guy who sold his company to Microsoft in the early days of the of Web Design. Was
1: it was it, was, it, was it Expression Web or, or no? That that
2: was no front page. Was it front, front page, page? Thank you. <laughs> yes. He was a guy that guys I'm sitting here being, being like angel. Angel Fire, page. Oh my God! After Angel Fire, but um, (laughs) he's a very interesting guy, and uh, so I—I mean, it's one of these credible things. You're looking at like, oh, well, somebody like that's involved, and there's some, you know, ex uh, It's a smart uh, idea, yeah. But I just love the thing. It's like this is the thing that drives me uh, nuts about the current situation—is the balkanization. Like, I don't know what I can watch. Where and so I was like, this is exciting. This might the offline thing might drive me back to Netflix because there's things I want to watch, but I have to now go back and see if I can watch them offline. Because a lot of times I won't be in a place where I could watch them, and I would be, you know, I mean, if I'm home, it's fine. But every other scenario, this is an enhancement for me to become a Netflix subscriber again.
1: Yeah, there are some limits with the offline thing. For certain titles, you can only have it on for I think forty-eight hours, and for other ones, they're oh, saying like seven days. Wild. So okay. if you want to, so it's, it's not the quite wild as good. West. As, like I, so oh, not they're trying quite to keep you from as,
2: handing it off. They're trying to keep you from downloading to a tablet, giving it to someone else for a week to watch everything when they don't have a subscription <laughs> right no,
1: Right, not. right, because the, there's so many people who because no one shares Netflix subscriptions. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, no one does that. Jimmy Fallon totally didn't give his out uh, on live TV, uh, or was that his HBO Go? But Jeez. anyway, you know. But no, no nobody shares Netflix subscriptions. That's that's exactly. never happened in the history of Netflix. No, it's cool though. Um, and I I actually put together a list it, it, based on like what I could find. Like this was like within an hour of the news being announced. I was like scouring through <laughs> the available. I was like, here are the fifty best things you can download.
0: Oh, did you write up that piece? Oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. I need that because I mean, I'll. I mean. My life will be different in January. I think Netflix lineups, ne- the Netflix lineup will be different in January, but my commute will be so much longer. Um, oh, no. So, yeah. Why? What's happening? Oh, our, our, our office is moving in January. So, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, where are the, you guys moving to? New Jersey's nice. Bye don't day. worry. Oh, yeah. We're going <laughs> to New <Bye> Jersey. <laughs> yes. You can finally watch Netflix offline. Thank
1: you, Christina, for doing the good journalism. Yes, and uh, here no. Let me give you the. It's a oh, the the, the oh, best the oh, best fifty movies and TV shows you can watch Ooh, on Netflix now.
0: Oh yeah, no, I I love this move. I mean, I I still think it is weird that so many companies are like. Meh. I mean, you explained it well in that they are irrational about these things, um, totally and I rational. still think that Netflix is disappointing me lately with its lack of content. But also, oh, yeah. I have it, it's by huge. which I mean, I have it.
2: So, yeah, you know, who's I'm not going to say use? no.
0: <laughs> Whose Netflix do you use? I'm not going to tell you. It's not yours. i
2: curious. I've never seen The Duke. I keep – all of a sudden around Halloween this year, there were so many Duke references. And I love the uh, main actress from the Miss Fisher mystery. So I obviously have to yeah. watch this very creepy film.
0: I can never watch yeah. that film. I really want to watch <laughs> The Exorcist.
1: I wish it were on Netflix. Yeah, The Exorcist
2: is great.
1: I need it. Um, for was really th- freaky about the movie that was all the messed up stuff that happened behind the scenes and everybody who oh made God, it everybody who was made telling it was me like, about
0: the actual serial killer that's in it have you heard about well, that and and and, oh, and, then, and then
1: the and then the priest like died like right after it was made and like people almost died in like linda blair got severely hurt like the whole thing like people were like saying we were messing with stuff we should have been messing with like it's freaky yeah. um yeah the mythos of that movie but, terrible thing Um, yeah, uh, but, uh, no, this is, this is cool. Like Amazon has had this for a while, but I mean, but Netflix, even with its lack of content still has a better stuff. Um, what's funny is that for months, like as recently as last year, somebody from Netflix was like, that'll never happen. And then, and then, and then like a couple months ago, they were like, well, we might bring it out, but it would just be in like markets where there's bad internet, you know, like where like emerging markets, where they don't have consistent internet connections, you know, like India, which would make sense. Right. But now they're like, Actually, everybody can. <laughs> Everyone have it. needs there this. Go. How how peeved do you think they are
0: that their big draw, the freaking Marvel shows can't be downloaded?
1: Oh, huge. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if for every new original like deal they have, like they should have it like in every renewal that they should have it in. Yeah, you are going to have to let people download. Yeah. Cuz that's how you get people to agree with it. But but Disney has given them so much money. They've got this really big deal with Disney yeah. that uh if, if Disney's like no, <laughs> i mean disney does what disney wants
0: all right (laughs) so christina what are you up to this week
1: so i'm going to uh philadelphia tomorrow just for a day trip and um, i'm working on a couple of uh, things i'm working on building a little mini super nintendo and uh, i don't think that'll go up this week it'll be up next week and big uh 13 inch uh, laptop showdown which will also probably go up next week but i'm finishing that stuff up so a couple a couple big projects in the works that are going to be very cool
0: glenn what about you
2: uh, I'm working on a story about um, uh, whether curly quotes will survive the, oh. uh, this current era of digital. Why do they whatever. exist
0: in the first place?
2: well, i have I have various feelings about it. I discovered I talked to a typographic historian who has researched the history of punctuation marks, which these people exist. and uh, quote the closing the opening quotation mark dates way back, but the closing quotation mark first appeared in English in seventeen forty eight in a version of Pamela. By Samuel Richardson. So it only has 250-plus year history. And uh, maybe we'll get rid of the uh, idea of opening and closing quotes. But I'm, I'm know, looking into that.
1: I can't wait to read that. You know, the very first commit that Matt Mullenweg ever made for the project that became WordPress yeah? was to add curly quotes. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, that's funny. The, the, that's that, that, that's that, going that, the funny
1: yeah those were b two cafe log which which ended up f- being forked and in becoming WordPress. that was his very first that is commit.
2: amazing I'm gonna have to put that in it's yeah it's a funny it's a funny thing. The thing is it used to be that sites tried to emulate print, so people were trying to do proper quotation marks typographers' marks and now over time I'm seeing some sites having just gone we're going all to typewriter and their cms is convert the curly quotes that might appear in a print article from the same publication <laughs> are straight online so deep investigative matter on an Utmost importance at this point in time. Clearly, that
0: is that is very interesting to me. I'm always interested in typography. Uh, this week, I am putting together the video for our Oculus Touch review, uh, which I can't talk about right now because it's Ooh. you know it's it's under embargo. But um, yeah, so those reviews will be coming out eventually. And yeah, it was really interesting to work on. And my book came out. <sighs> Today, yes, yeah. So i I literally, oh yeah. I spent like the whole evening being like, I guess it's time to like redo all my social media banners. It's like a black hole that I can't get out of. I'm like, because because oh, yeah. Twitter changing your Twitter header is the worst experience in the world oh, because God. they don't give you yeah, they really give you dimensions, is. but the dimensions are a lie because yeah, parts of it are covered up
2: everywhere. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it needs to be
2: fourteen hundred twenty six by three hundred seventeen point two pixels. But then, no, sorry.
0: <laughs> Get that tattooed on your, like, oh the back God. of your hand, so you can always check it. No, and then but it like
2: displays it differently. Yeah.
0: yeah, it displays it differently. And then when you're, they're showing you the, like, how it'll look. Like you're putting it in, they cover up your profile picture, which cover will cover up part of the the header in the final product. Why do they do this? Why do they do it? Anyway, um, Twitter sucks. But I have been updating headers. And- oh, my book is out. Yay! Uh, yes, uh, it's called The Trouble. You, you can find it on Amazon now. My pen name is Daria Defore, uh, D-E-F-O-R-E, not R-T, unlike my real name. It's pronounced like it's spelled, and spelled like it's pronounced, unlike everything else. I accidentally told my entire dad's side of the family about it over Yay. Thanksgiving. Because I was like, blah, writing, blah, writing, so much, and I kept like, "Whoa, are you submitting? Are you submitting?" And I can't lie because I—I mean, I don't like lying, and also I'm bad at it. Uh, so I was like, "Yeah, submitted my gay book for publication. <laughs> it's coming out next week. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, are you submitting? I hear you're writing a lot. Are you submitting it? Yeah, I have a book coming out next week. Sorry, I never oh, told what's you it about. <laughs> what oh, what's it about? Um, well see.
2: (laughs) It's very like Shakespeare to say that. Yes,
0: it's a lot like Shakespeare. Exit Pursued by Bear. That was me at Thanksgiving, just running out of there. And it was great that my grandma was telling me about my great aunt, who was also a writer. And apparently she wrote one good book and then wrote some not so great books. And she was telling me, you know, like, what well, she wrote after that one book, she let it all go to her head, and then she just wrote Trash, and I wanted to be like, Grandma, you know I write Trash.
2: <laughs> I'm not out here
0: writing, like, the next Great American novel. I'm literally writing erotica, the worst that I could possibly fathom. It's This book is actually not erotica. It's very cute, Um, but, like, I'm not writing... You know literature, literature here. I'm not writing literary fiction. I'm writing romance. It's a genre, um, and I love it. That's why I love it. Um, anyway, so it's called the trouble. <laughs> I'll shut up now. <laughs> Read a book. Put by a link me. in the it's show notes exactly like I talk.
1: Put 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 a link in the show notes because I need to buy this. There will be a Actually, link in the show notes. Now. It's like
0: five bucks, so it's a good ass deal for an ebook. Uh, there is a print version coming out um, soon, but the print
1: version is not out yet.
0: Anyway. Where can we find you online, Christina?
1: You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the snapchats, et cetera. And you can find my writing at uh,
2: Gizmoto.com.
1: What
0: good places to go. Uh, Glenn, where can we find you?
2: I am on the Twitter machine at Glenn F. That's G-L-E with two Ns. F like Frank
0: noise and i'm on the twitter machine at doom Quasar, and you can find my videos at youtube.com slash polygon thanks everyone for listening to the show if you liked it please consider leaving us a lovely lovely review because uh, that's what good people do good people who do good things in their lives um and yes do that thing this episode of rocket is terminated
2: terminated breakfast launch and dinner Ha <laughs>